0: Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Shooting the Breeze with me, your host, John Mullins. So guys, a quick update for you. This episode was supposed to be myself and Shane, discussing um, The Mandalorian Season 2. Unfortunately, Ireland has gone back into a level 5 lockdown, which means there's no house visits and so on and so forth. So um, this is going to be another solo one. Um, I did have a chat with Shane about this previously and I've had a chat with a few other mates about the episodes and some of the storylines in it and some of the uh, the questions raised throughout the different episodes so I still have input to uh, kind of give you both sides of the arguments for some of it I'm not going to do a recap on on season 1 because if you're listening to this I would hope that you watched season 1 and definitely have enjoyed season 2 there are eight episodes in the season, same as season one, um, or chapters as they're calling them. So the episodes are the Marshal, Passenger, Air, Siege, Jedi, Tragedy, Believer, and the Rescue. All the episodes are um, all of the, the, the. While some are slow moving, there is there is some points that are they're, they're slow moving for a point, and then they later on in the series they make they make sense. Um, I'm not going to go into huge, huge uh, breakdown of the episodes. I had recorded. I'd actually recorded this uh, podcast episode a couple of times because I had done one that kind of really broke it down. But then anyone who hasn't watched it, or anyone who you know wants to go and rewatch it, I don't want to take away from it. There are some great characters introduced in this series, in this season especially. So in the first episode of season two, we get introduced to Cobb Vanth, uh, played by Timothy Oliphant. Um, he he obviously called that's what they refer to as the Marshal. So, in the first episode, they take out a crate dragon. Uh, in terms of the actual storyline, there's not a huge amount here, but there's a big reveal at the end of the episode of Boba Fett. So, straight away, season one, uh, season two, episode one, they got you with the hook at the end of the episode of Boba Fett. Fans want to see the next episode. They set the first uh episode of it on Tatooine, so straight away. There's a lot of fan service paid. Uh, a lot of people you know, would argue, but it has you hooked. The next episode we see is a filler episode, The Passenger. But it helps establish that for... Like for so when you watch season one, you see Din Djarin's character evolve and become more of a father figure to uh, Baby Yoda throughout. And in uh, episode two or chapter 10, uh, this again is, is shown, uh, you know, the the kind of evolution of his character and the way things that would have mattered to him no longer matter. Uh, in this episode, one, there's two X-wing fighters um, involved in it, and one of them is actually played by David Filoni. Uh, again, these the first two episodes are written by John Favreau. He directs the first one. Peyton Reed directs the second one. In chapter eleven, there is that this is the one that really set that got season two going. This is the one where we get introduced to uh, Bo-Katan for the first time. Uh, Katie Sackhoff is playing her, and um, this also is where we kind of get to see that while Din Djarin has these set of values that he lives by, it turns out that that might not be the way of the Mandalorian and that he was actually part of a cult or a, a, like an offshoot cult of the of the Mandalorians so in this episode then um, basically bo agrees if he helps them that she'll give him information so at the end of the episode she tells him to seek out Ahsoka Tano in the city of Caledon um, on the planet of Corvus and once the ship is partially repaired, that's what they do. Yeah, he heads off, and this is his next stop. Because the ship is so damaged, that in in chapter twelve, he actually goes back to he takes a detour devar- uh, to Navarro, where he meets up again with the allies Cara Dune, obviously played by Gina Carano, and Grief Carga. And while the Razor Crest is being repaired, they use him; they uh, they get him on board to do another side mission. So a lot of these episodes are following the season one template of go to a place, explain what's there for him, why he's there, and then there's a side mission for him to get to that. So he ag- agrees to help them to destroy it while they're fixing his ship and um, they um, they take out, they, you know, they win. They finish the side mission, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the episode, they leave um, for Corvo, and they're, obviously they're unaware but we see at the end of the episode that an appearance by has planted a tracker on the razor's grass uh, for Moff Gideon. So this will play into the season later on. Um, like We all know that this is going to come to a point at some stage, the tracker obviously is going to play into it and how it's going to play in. Into chapter 13. Now this one is directed by David Floney It's written by David Filoni. And the reason being is that David Floney created the character Ahsoka Tano in the animation, the animated series, The Clone Wars. and. From what I believe is that he actually owns the rights to the character, so I I have no doubt that there was nobody going to do this character but David Floney. He was the only one that was ever going to be able to, you know, do the first reveal ever on, uh, in live action. So anyway, on um, they get to the city of Caledon. Uh, basically, Mando gets hired by Elsbeth to go and take out Osokatano, and then when he meets her, they have a slight battle. Before they, he explains why he's there. Uh, the the start to this episode was fucking amazing. Like it is one of the best, uh, uh, like scenes. Seeing Sook Tano for the first time, the way the two sabers cut through the fog, um, and the way she takes out the you know the the group of um, soldiers. She's just it. It was just a fucking perfect way to to introduce this character. Rosario Dawson did a great job. People were complaining about certain aspects of the character, um, and like I've said to anyone who's of, like my friends who've had that argument. David Filoni created this character. This is the way he wanted to see it on screen. There is no way that she, anything that, uh, anyway, anything to do with her image was done for any other reason but that he wanted it done that way. Uh, we also, at the in this episode, we see that uh, Elswood offers a, a best care steel spear to uh, Dinjaron for taking out Ahsoka Tano. and when Ahsoka Tano um, and Elswood have their uh, conf- confrontation. Uh, the Beskar Steel comes into place because it's the only thing strong enough to uh, against a lightsaber. So, anyway, um, Ahsoka Tano confronts her and demands to know about the whereabouts of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Again, this is a huge reveal and an Easter egg or kind of an insider thing for people, fans of the animations or the comics or so on that they know the story of Grand, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn plays into the Rebels uh TV show and Ahsoka in that is looking for him. So, we... Again, straight away, there's it's a hook there. We also learned in this episode that Baby Yoda is not called Baby Yoda, but he is act- in fact called Grogu. And this was met with, uh, I would say, it, it was a bit divisive. Um, uh, some people didn't care, some people were pissed off, some were happy that we got a name from him, uh, some people won't accept it, and they're going to call him Baby Yoda forever. Uh, but we, we learn his name, we learn that he was in training before the Rise of the Empire. Um, that raises the question then why he wasn't uh, killed uh, during the uh, undertaking of Order 66. So anyway, um, we get we, we get to that episode and at the end of it, Ahsoka Tano agrees. She had agreed to train gogo but she actually doesn't. She says that because of the attachment that they have, so she can't do it, so she sends him two, um Titan where Goku can try and contact other Jedi's using the force at a Jedi temple she also gives the spear to, Man- to the Mandalorian or to Din Djarin. again this will play into the season and um, everything there's one thing you'll have to notice but that's really good about this show is that everything that they seem to do all these little, um, little little choices they make like with the spear they all play into later episodes or they play into a different you know some other part of the storyline or so on and so forth um, this was a very good episode. Very strong uh, visually. Just looked amazing. It really felt like it got a lot of people who were who'd fallen out of love with Star Wars back on on track with Star Wars. This really this one really got people invested again. Um, so chapter fourteen uh, called the tragedy. Uh, Robert Rodriguez directed this. John Favreau uh, wrote it again. Um, so a lot of the sometimes the titles kind of gave away the episode or, or so we thought so in this episode Grogu gets to the temple and uh, connects with the, uh, the force and this like shield barrier surrounds him and it's impenetrable while he's there so while he's doing that uh, Mando uh, gets runs into Fennec and uh, Boba Fett and they have a confrontation before a two ships arrive with stormtroopers and uh, they manage to repel the stormtroopers but just as you think that you know, we're get like we're getting kinda of to the you know the midway point of the episode and like, you know, oh they've managed to, to sort it out and the, the names of the tragedy was to throw off. Um Gideon um uh, Moff Gideon um sends the Dark Troopers to get Grogu and they succeed in capturing him. Because Boba Fett had made a deal that they would protect Grogu um for the armour with uh, Mando, they agreed to work with him until they uh, free grow group right so that's we're a couple episodes in here now we're we'll getting to the like the the heavy part of the series so the next one then uh, chapter 15 is the believer and this is the one where we see um we see bill burr return and this episode, The Believer, at first I wasn't, I, I thought it was going to be, I thought it was something else they were, they were going to pull off of this episode, but they actually surprised me with this. And Bill Burr really surprised me with his acting. As someone who wasn't a big fan of him in season one in, in his appearance, this was a really, really good episode. It, it showed you a different side of the character. And it shows you the evolution of characters throughout the series. Gina Carano or, uh, uh, is now, you know, um, she, she's a law-abiding um characters like you know, she's she's found her way almost you see that for din nothing matters but the child that's all that that, that he's focused on now and that has changed his, his beliefs and kind of his um his core mission and uh, Bill Burr's character which is really good Mayfield he so he starts off sceptical at the start of the episode and by the end of it he he, he I think he believes in Din's um, mission uh, we see Gingeron's face again in this one, unfortunately. Um, now, a lot of people are a bit pissed off of the reveal of that. Personally, I think it's going to play into the storyline because he gets scanned by uh, on, on the ship by the Imperial. So there's there's obviously going to be a uh, that's going to come into play somewhere else. Like I said, Dave Floney and John Favreau, everything they do seems to play in somewhere along the line. Um, anyway, so they end the episode. They they do what they have to do. They get the information they need. And this is going to lead up to the season finale, the chapter 16, the rescue. Um, so Mando and Dune and board uh, the Imperial shuttle um, and capture Dr. Pershing, uh, uh, those who remember season one, he's the doctors carrying out the test on Grogu. They also get the help of Bo-Katan and Cosco uh, played by, I think, uh, Sasha Banks. And bo in return for this, bo is going to get the cruiser and the dark saber. So the Darksaber is going to play big into this one, and season one, uh, anyone who watched it, you know, knows what we're talking about there. So, Feth pretends to be attacking them, they get on board, and there's, you know, uh, there's a great scene with uh, Din Jaren and one of the Dark Troopers, and we see the power of the Dark Troopers, but we also see the power of the Burskar Steel and the Spear. This leads to Din getting, getting to Grogu, uh, where he's met by Moff Gideon. And him and and Moff Gideon says he can have him. And Din takes him on his word. He has no reason not to like as much as he, he like he, he's willing to give up every everyone else just to save the child. That that's his mission. And just as you think that, you know, Moff might have something else to play, he attacks um uh, Din Djarin, And we see th- th- this play out in a in a in a quick battle where we see he has the strength of Baskar steel in that it can't be uh, taken out it can't be destroyed by a lightsaber so anyway um, he fights Gideon he overpowers him and he what we don't realise until Moff Gideon explains it in front of Bo-Katan is that because he beat Moff Gideon in combat the darksaber is now his and this is going to cause disruption further on the field for him and bo because they have now made it kind of that the, it, it can only be won in combat. You can't j- just take it. So we, as we know, Bo-Katan's only mission is to get the saber and become the ruler of Mandalore and you know um, bring it back to its prominence. Anyway, so when this all happens, we see the Dark Troopers start to regroup from outside the ship and start to come back to attack. And as they're all getting into place, we see an X-Wing Fly by outside, and for fans of Star Wars, this is one of the most long awaited things that you could ever ask for. We got to see a Jedi in full flight. So, this Jedi comes in, and it's very reminiscent of Darth Vader's uh, hallway scene where he's just beating everyone, destroying all the Dark Troopers. And you're kind of, is it at the start? You're not sure, maybe it's Luke, maybe it's not. And they kind of do that on purpose, but then they reveal the black glove. And it turns out it's Luke Skywalker, a young Luke Skywalker. This is Luke Skywalker 20 years before Force Awakens or 25 years before. This is him in his prime, which we've never got to see on on screen in live action, and he just destroys everything. And then he gets into up to the guys, he, he and he meets you know Din and, and all of them. And basically he's there to take Grogu. But Grogu won't go. And the reason is he won't leave without Din's blessing. And this is again what Sokotana was talking about the, the the bond between the two of them. So um Din goes no, you know, gives his blessing and we see his he takes his mask off again. But this one I think is different and a lot of people there was there was a bit of argument on this online whether it was um you know, needed or whether this was Peter Pascal needing his face scene. I don't think so. From my point of view, I think it was that the the child wanted to know Person, you know the, the bond was there, and he wanted to see him. So before he goes off with Luke, you finally get the you know the reveal of who the uh, Mando is to the child. You also get a quick cameo from R2D2, which is again a throwback for fans. Now, there's two, there's two um, kind of um, thoughts on this. Some people were absolutely uh, in love with this this episode and the reveal. I was a big, big, big fan of it. Other people thought it was a fan service episode the cgi was a little bit wonky in spots with luke uh, with mark hamill's face there's one scene in particular where it's very um, there's just nothing there there's no emotions or such but to see luke in full flight as you know the jedi the most powerful jedi as he should be now so i've had this conversation with a few people and some people are well, why luke why did it have to be luke and i'm off the, i'm of the argument that luke is supposed to be one of the the, the strongest jedis left you know he's most he's meant to be one of the, one of the most powerful jedis. It makes sense that if the if Grogu was sending out a beacon to anyone, that one of the first people to to hear it or to to feel it would be Luke. Um, any other character would have felt it. W- it wouldn't have made sense. I, I, I don't think. Now I've seen people argue that it didn't have to be him, but who who could have made that impact? For fans of this, this was amazing. This was this was just. Like the, people lost their shit over how good this was. Mark Hamill, like how they kept this secret as well, is just amazing because shows nowadays you don't have like a spoiler like that would get leaked somewhere or there be a hint of it. It was shot so good. um and at the real end of the episode, we see uh, we're, we're when this is all over, it kind of ends. Unlike all the other episodes where there's the artwork and that, this episode just ends. But this is the first episode with an after scene and in the after credit scene we see Boba Fett and Fennec and this is to set up the book of Boba Fett, the new show that's going to launch December 2021, so at the end of this year now. And again, this caused a bit of problems because people weren't sure if this meant that season three was going to be the book of Boba Fett, which meant that was the title of the series, of the season. Or if this was a standalone, and it's been confirmed by Disney that it is a standalone, there will be a Mandalorian Season 3 coming back, which I'm very happy about because I think that they can take Grogu out of this for a while and they can work on the story of Din Djarin a bit more and establish the character, build on the character and see, we can see where he goes. The stuff with him in Bo-Katan is a season in itself. Um, but also what they have said is that they're, they're going to tie in a lot of these shows together so now the fact that we've got Ahsoka Tano we've got Boba Fett on his own show and The Mandalorian there could be a big blow off something like what they did with CW where they do this big like Arrowverse crossover they could do something like that with uh, Star Wars episodes um, I've heard it suggested on another podcast where if they were to do all these uh, shows parallel and then the big the big kind of um, crescendo at the end would be a movie like a one off uh, movie I, I'm not too gone on the movie aspect of it, but I think a big blow off episode, you know, would 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 be it'd be in the works. I think they could easily pull it off. Um, this is just shown that John Favreau just has that magic touch at the moment. Um, David floney you can tell the guy is just he's invested heavily in this. He's, you know, he's a big fan of it. Um, there's so many questions from the end of it to do Dark Saber, to do a Boba Fett, to do a Sokotano to do a Luke. Will we see Luke again? Uh, will Kylo Ren play into this uh, what other characters might make an appearance uh, Fennec and Boba Fett looked fucking amazing like they, they, she, Fennec looks like she's going to be a, a big part of that Boba Fett series um, maybe kind of where they have the conversation. Boba Fett does, might do the talk and she might do the, do the kind of the ass kicking like um, so there's so many different aspects they can go after the stuff with Tron you know like they could do so much the fact that there's so many shows coming uh, it's going to be hard to see where and what fits in where like what characters are going to go to which shows because obviously some will go into the new shows obviously like Boba Fett sokotano Gina crown's character uh, is she going to be in Mandalorian or is she going to be in the Knights of the New Republic or you know there's going to be a lot of this kind of um, uh, fitting characters into different uh, series kind of they like it. again like I said they've done this in CW uh, where you had the arrow, arrow a load of characters spun off into The Flash and into um letting us up tomorrow so guys that's kind of it that's the recap of season 2 overall fantastic show um, possibly one of the strongest seasons of a show I've watched a second season of a show in that it just built and built and built every episode built to another one um, my favourite episode probably was the Ahsoka Tano reveal I just thought that Rosario Dawson just nailed it she was, she was class the episode itself was shot really 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 well we could go into a lot more detail. And like I said, if this if I'd been able to do this episode the way I wanted to, this would have been a lot more um, kind of analytical than what I've done. It's just that it's kind of hard to analyse your own arguments against yourself. So hopefully down the line when lockdown is over, we might do a season two recap before season three or before uh, Boba Fett. Um, and then, you know, re- get into it. The, the biggest takeaway from this is that Disney seemed to be giving Favreau the the time and the space to kind of build like what they did with marvel they let um if i build the, the universe and and you know do what he needed to do to make it all click into place and they seem to be doing that with star wars um from my perspective i think it's i think it's class i can't wait uh to see more uh tv shows i think star wars actually fits better as a tv show than a movie right now because the last uh, trilogy was very poor in my opinion some good bits in it but Kind of a letdown overall, whereas The Mandalorian has built and built and built and it has got better every season. Also, the stuff with like the throwbacks, the stuff with Bill Burr from season one actually plays better into season two, um, after the event season two, which last year looking back, I think that was a lot of people's uh, least favourite episode. But now looking back, it actually makes a lot more sense and it actually plays a lot better now when you when you watch it back. Um just the development of all the characters is it's just been amazing and the fact that they've managed to do this. Um and keep it spoiler free for the most part, and you know keep the big reveals, uh, um, quiet and not, you know and not have it ruined before people get to see it. The fact it's episodic, big big fan of it. This weekly episode is is the way I think they should do it. The eight episode run. This is an argument I've made before in a previous podcast that the going for ten or thirteen episodes when you only need eight. Is, is ridiculous And it's something that Netflix should look at because they've, they're they definitely uh, at fault for this in a few of their TV shows where they they, they stretched out too long. Even though there was one or two filler episodes of this, they had little plot points that built into the story and the narrative later on in it. Whereas I, I in other shows that with Netflix, what they tend to do is they go 10 episodes and there's an episode of nothing where nothing happens... Nothing builds, nothing uh, you know, nothing's established, or, or or you know, nothing is built on for the for the season. Whereas with Star Wars, even with this episode, with this series, the episode with the Frog Lady, they built on it. They used that to establish different things. They used it to show the the relationship between Din Djarin and and Grogu and the way it was building, and also put questions about Grogu's character and such. Now. Me personally I don't care if they call him Baby Yoda or Grogu. I know some people will be angry that, that they, they've given him a name or they'll be disappointed that he's not Baby Yoda. Personally don't really care. It, it's it's they need us to establish the name of, of him at some stage. It would be nice to see that when Grogu does reappear, maybe he's able to speak at that stage. Um, you know, it's time with Luke. Maybe he doesn't speak because he's afraid. You know, we, we don't know. But it'll be it will be interesting to see where they go with that. It'll be interesting to see if Mark Hamill comes back into it. Um, there's a lot of talk online of Sebastian Stan coming in to play a young Mark Hamill or a young Luke Skywalker, which I, I wouldn't mind to be honest Jay. Um I think you could pull it off. Um but then again if you can if you can de-age Mark Hamill and if it's not going to be if he's not going to be overused, well then I have no problem with that either. Like I said, it was the only wonky bit of the whole series was that bit of CGI there with his, his face. Just the, the the emotion wasn't really on the face, which you would expect. Um overall you know, that, that that's my thoughts on it, guys. Um now that we've got the page on Instagram, you can comment on uh, posts of new episodes and give your thoughts on it. If you um, agree, disagree, you know, whatever, uh, let us know. Uh, like and share the podcast. It's shooting the breeze, chats about nothing. You can find it on ACast or any podcast player. Uh, except for, I don't think we're on, I don't think it's on Spotify or iTunes. Um, maybe down the line we'll see how we go. I have to say a big big thank you to everyone this year that in the previous year that has listened to us. Uh, there was great um, uptake on it on the podcast a lot more than I ever expected. Um, hopefully, I can keep doing it. I'm obviously it's going to evolve over time as I get better at this. The sound side of it, I'm not yet inside. I'm still figuring out how to do that and hopefully 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 fucking this lockdown ends and we can get uh, guests back on the show because it is much better crack for myself and for our listeners when there's two of us having a chat going back and forth and you know bringing something different to the table every time uh, if anyone has any ideas please post them underneath uh, in the comments uh, or you can DM the page uh, with any ideas um, we'd love to hear them love to hear some feedback if anyone has any tips or pointers or if anyone knows anything about uh, production podcast production and that i'm all ears like i said still learning guys so um yeah with that guys thank you very much um we'll see in the next one this is going to go up on the 2nd of january and hopefully we will have the next one up by the end of we'll have another one up next week and we'll see where we go i will hopefully have the ufc one up uh soon i am hoping to going to try something with that that we might be able to get a bit of feedback into that one from chris if we can and with that take it easy guys stay safe and we'll talk to you in the next one